Welcome to Medical Minefield, the podcast where we talk about the ethical dilemmas at the heart of the health stories that matter the most. I'm Barney Kalman. And I'm Eve Simmons. And we are health journalists, which means we spend our lives asking tough questions to top experts so you don't have to. This week, we're talking about why NHS hospitals are being told to stop pushing natural births over caesareans. As ever, we'd like to know what you think. So if you have a question or a suggestion for us, then tweet us using the hashtag MedicalMindField or email us at health at mailonsunday.co.uk. Eve, this is something you've written about in the past. The fact that there exists in the NHS a certain culture, I suppose, is the best way to describe it, of promoting natural, I'm using air quotes, Mm -hmm. birth over caesarean sections. And the idea is that caesareans are a very interventional type of Mm. birth. Medicalised. Medicalised. And really women should be giving birth in the most uninterventional way possible Mm. you know no medical involvement and they should have a natural a vaginal birth yeah and that should be the the main thing that is is promoted to them Mm -hmm. and given to them as an option but in reality something different is happening is that right exactly so it was about 20 years ago i think that the royal college of midwives and other health bodies in gynecology put out this message to nhs maternity units saying that units should try to keep their cesarean section rate as low as possible because it was there was these warnings that birth was being medicalized because the rate of caesarean sections was rising. And of course, right. it's an operation, a caesarean section. And the idea is that women have been giving birth vaginally from the beginning of time and therefore it shouldn't really require that much intervention. Was there something in it then? Were too many people being given caesareans? Well, I think there was an unexpected increase, but that could have been for many, many different reasons. And if you have an unhealthy woman or a woman who is giving birth at an older age, then they are more likely to experience complications and therefore it might be considered more appropriate for them to have a c-section i remember around it must have been about 20 years ago that the term too posh to push came Mm. about and makes me furious does it (laughs) it was i'm not sure if it was coined because of victoria beckham apparently having an elective cesarean Mm. posh spice because there is such a thing as an elective cesarean and women should be allowed to have elective cesareans if that's what they but it became quite a pejorative thing didn't it it became a way of saying that there were some women who were so too special to be like everyone else they couldn't give birth like anyone else and and they wanted to have the baby sort of whipped out of an incision while they're under general anesthetic and then you know it was all to do with image and was that the vibe? I, I don't well, know. Well, and yeah, and, and it's a common misconception that a C-section is going to be, you know, the, the light option, because in fact, the recovery from a cesarean can be weeks and weeks and weeks. You have this huge scar for many women. Absolutely. Knowing people who've gone through cesareans, mm. although it was put well to me recently, although you don't suffer the pain at the time, mm. oh boy, do you, you do afterwards. feel it afterwards. Some women say they feel like they've been run over three times by a bus. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, a a friend of mine who had one quite recently said it was much, much harder than 
than the recovery from vaginal birth. Exactly. And statistically, more women will have a natural, quote unquote, vaginal birth and not have complications than women who have a caesarean and do find that, you know, it takes them months and months to recover afterwards. And that's one of the reasons why experts will say that if they can avoid doing a caesarean section, they will. However, that's been the kind of traditional um, protocol, I guess. But we're moving with the times. You know, we live in in an age where women are having children later. You have a lot more unhealthy women giving birth. You also have women who just have one child. Why is one child an issue? Well, so one of the problems with caesarean sections is that once you have one caesarean section, your subsequent births have to be caesarean sections generally because it's associated with greater risks if you have a vaginal birth the next time. Mm. So in this current age, a lot of women are only having one child. So in fact, those great risks aren't as relevant as they used to be. But so why are we talking about this today? We're talking about this today because the NHS have now said that all maternity units should stop using their caesarean section rate as a marker of performance. So we should stop paying attention to it, basically, and they should allow women to have elective caesarean sections if they wish to and not use it as a kind of thing that means that the hospital is doing better than another hospital. And there was a a Panorama documentary that aired this week that came up with some really shocking stuff. Yes, the documentary detailed a maternity scandal at one NHS trust in Shropshire and it told the stories of many, many women who felt as though there had been massive failings on the part of the staff and the culture, really, that had led to many baby deaths that had been preventable and also a maternal death. And this was because they were denied caesareans. So there were multiple things that were going on and staffing issues was noted as as one problem. But yes, what became very, very clear in the investigations into the trust was that there was this prevailing culture of trying to push women away from having caesarean sections and towards a natural vaginal birth against all odds. So often you would have women who were enduring long labours that were very complicated and the use of forceps was involved when in fact if hours earlier staff would have said you know what this isn't really going to go the way we want it to it's going to end up very complicated let's just do a c-section and it kind of comes there is a kind of background to this uninterventionalist approach in the nhs to maternity that somehow not intervening is better than intervening at all costs almost i saw some quotes from the the panorama documentary mm-hmm. apparently one clinical director at the royal shrewsbury told mps the culture of our organization is that we have low intervention rates and once that is known we attract both midwives and obstetricians who like to practice in that way And then apparently another colleague went on to say that people need retraining to be able to work at Shropshire. We've recruited people who are like-minded. If you want to keep something going and you believe in it, you do not want to employ people who do not believe in what you believe in. It's like a cult. It sounds like a bloody cult, doesn't it? This is not... Where is discussion of the evidence? Absolutely. What is best for the patient? Where is the mention of the patient in that at all? The Ockerden report, which is looking into this, noted that now there's 
1,860 cases of repeated maltreatment at these NHS trusts. That can be anything from being denied a cesarean section when it was clinically right. appropriate, or some women were basically left on the labour ward by themselves despite having complications. It feels like pregnant women are fair game in this whole kind of desperation to push a natural lifestyle. They're always at the receiving end, whether it's being told that you shouldn't use formula milk mm. if you can't breastfeed and people, you know, friends of ours who've been still brought to tears by how bad they were made to feel because they couldn't breastfeed to this whole scandal of, of people not being allowed caesareans when they're completely necessary. When we didn't have these things, so many more babies and mothers died. That's the crazy thing. You know, these are, these are positives. I think that perhaps it's the case that on the whole, the majority of births are... I want to say simple, as simple as, as possibly can be, but are relatively straightforward and there aren't complications. And most women do give birth vaginally and may have some temporary pain and feel uncomfortable afterwards for a couple of weeks, but generally are fine. And but was so, there ever this massive problem of women breaking down the doors of the surgery and saying, we all want caesareans? Do you know what I mean? Did that ever happen? I don't think that that ever happened, no. There's many factors, as I discussed, that, that means that more women perhaps are either requesting or being told by their consultant it might be necessary for them to have a caesarean section. The other thing that I want to point out also, and this is something that I reported on last year, is that, you know, this idea that a natural vaginal birth is without its risks is complete rubbish. And it seems to me that a lot of the focus is on the harms to the infant, which, of course, is absolutely just and right. But what about the harms to the mother? And I spoke to many women who felt that vaginal or natural birth was pursued and it meant that they were left with absolutely horrendous injuries to their pelvic area that has had repercussions mm. for decades. Well, we've got one of them on the line now, Beth Nightingale, who endured quite awful labour after she was denied a caesarean section. Beth, thanks very much for finding some time to talk to us. I believe you requested a caesarean, but that request was denied by your medical team. And then you ended up having quite a complicated labour. Would you like to take me through what, what happened? Why did you feel you needed a, a caesarean in the first place? So I went into natural labour with my daughter. And in an ideal world, I would have loved to have gone down the hypnobirthing route, had a vaginal birth. But it became apparent that it wasn't in the cards for me there was all sorts of complications that I was coming up against and I'd had the thought process before going into labor I'd planned out what my birth plan would be in a variety of scenarios I really didn't want to go down the medical route if it was going to be medicalized I always wanted to have a c-section and when it started to go that way I was told no at every turn so they wanted to do the dentation drip I said no can I have a c-section and I was discouraged from that it got to the stage where I needed four steps delivery. And I was, again, so can we go straight to C-section? Oh, no, it's safer if we use forceps. So I was kind of guilt-tripped into agreeing to the forceps. And when the forceps didn't work, ultimately I had a C-section, which also then had its own complications attached to that. And, I mean, I believe that you were in labour prior to having the C-section for 36 hours. Is that right? Yes, correct. Oh, yeah, I went into spontaneous labour laboured at home for 24 hours and then made the move into hospital and then yeah that's when everything started to, to go a bit wrong. And do you say that by the time you were actually given an emergency caesarean 
that things have become so complicated. I believe that you developed sepsis after that. I did. So due to a variety of factors and a combination of things, the fact that my uterus was under such intense pressure from the syntocin drip and the fact that my waters had broken for so long, I developed an infection that weakened my uterus. And then when they tried the forceps, the forceps injured the inner lining of my uterus so that when the C-section actually took place, effectively what happened, it was like a broken zip. My uterus tore all the way around, um, which then required general anesthetic. I lost a lot of blood, which required a blood transfusion, and I was in hospital for a week. I'm so sorry to hear that. It sounds absolutely horrendous. And I do truly believe that if I'd had the C-section at my first request, I would not have had the complications that I then developed after. Now, to take me back to, I, I know it must be still difficult to, to relive this, but during the labour when you were asking for a C-section, what was the attitude that you came up against? Did you feel that you were being taken seriously or how did you feel you were received? All the way through, it's not taken seriously. A woman knows their body best, right? And so any request from someone in labour or prior to being in labour should be taken seriously and treated on a you know, case-by-case basis. And I just got the standard textbook dismissive response. Oh, it's safer for your baby. Oh, a C-section's not the easy way out. You know, I even asked for a C-section or whether it was possible to have a C-section before even going into labour because I wanted to know what all my options were. And again, I wasn't talked through the pros and cons of a C-section, the pros and cons of vaginal birth, the pros and cons of forceps birth. Just know you should try your hardest to have a natural, normal delivery. Did you come across that attitude prior to going into labour as well? Were your midwives or any of the people involved in your care, did they seem to discourage the idea of a caesarean birth? Absolutely. So I had regular monitoring towards the end of my pregnancy because my baby was measuring small. So they were doing all the relevant checks that they needed to do there. But I was just told by midwives doing these checks, oh, you'll be induced early. You won't get to full term. And I said, well, I don't want to be induced. If my baby needs to come out, I just want to have a C-section. Oh, no, we don't do that here. Wow. That was the standard response. We just don't do that. Like, that's not that's not what's going to happen. You'll be induced and you'll follow the kind of the procedure of the hospital type thing. Which trust were you with? This is Mid-Essex. Right, OK. The reason we're talking today about this is because the revelations that have come out in the press this week that show there is this culture conversations between maternity staff uh, talking about how they don't do this it's that kind of attitude you know I was reading some of the reports and it was like reading the minutes from a cult meeting or something you know it was it was just absolutely the bizarrest thing yeah did you feel that there was this overriding attitude this this belief that shut down any alternative thinking yeah and I think I definitely experienced that within the hospital various midwife appointments but also like socially as well well I've heard people come to me asking oh, have you been judged for having a C-section? No. So after my experience is kind of out there, I'm quite open about what happened to me because I don't want it to happen to other people. And I want, I'm so pro-choice for women that, you know, everyone should be entitled to, to what, they, what their birth should be. And so friends of friends are coming up to me saying, I want to have a C-section, but I don't know how to approach that conversation because of the hospital pushing back because of friends and family pushing back. And it's just so bizarre and like outdated to me that in this day and age, we, we can't have autonomy or decisions over what is quite possibly the most dangerous thing a woman experiences. 
Beth, why do you think there is this attitude that C-sections are bad and vaginal births are the only way to go? Why do you think that there is this dogma? Well, I think within the NHS itself, there's got to be a money issue associated with it because they want the easiest birth the woman leaves that same day. So they don't have that cost associated and they don't require theatre, they don't require a registrar or an obstetrician. So there's certainly a cost element to it. You you can't deny that that wouldn't be a factor. But yeah, from a society point of view, I don't know why it's kind of like a, a negative connotation to it because every birth's wonderful, every birth's difficult. So they all should be looked at in the exact same way. But it's almost like if you deliver vaginally, have the most natural, normal birth, that you should be awarded a gold medal for it. Well, you don't necessarily get the same reaction for someone that's had a C-section unless they've then had some traumatic experience associated with the C-section. It baffles me as to why that's the case. There's a kind of similar attitude as well to to breastfeeding, this, this debate that, you know, if you don't breastfeed, somehow you're not, you're really not doing the best thing as a mother. Yeah. It must be extremely corrosive to have this kind of attitude transmitted often maybe by other parents as well yeah and there should be no judgment every woman should have the authority to make a decision about her body and it just didn't seem to be the case you know and I said made a comment before about the money side of things and the fact that this is the most dangerous thing a woman can go through a friend of mine is a neurosurgeon and he would say the scariest place to be is on a labor ward why is that? It's because it's the most dangerous thing, but the money isn't associated, like we don't have the right funding for maternity care in the UK. Look, thank you so much for finding time to talk to us and explain all this. I, I know it must be difficult to, to discuss. Thank you so much. It's all right. Thank you. You know, this is the second time that I've heard Beth's story. And even though I have, you know, it's not new information, it makes me furious. I just think it's dreadful that she wasn't given the option, that she was discouraged from the option that she knew Mm. would be the best one for her health and instead was put through all of these torturous attempts to avoid having a caesarean. And even later, when things became more difficult... Why was the decision not taken earlier on? And I think it shows exactly what, what seemed to be the case with the Panorama documentary, that there is a resistance. It's it's almost like a dogma. It's it's a belief that you should try all other avenues. and that, It's that sort it's, of worst-case scenario. You would have to do a caesarean section. Rather than looking at the best option. When we've exhausted all other options, when yeah. actually are all other options going to be better? All options should be looked at equally mm. and you should think, what is the right one? Mm. Rather than this, this one is above all else. Mm, yeah, exactly. It's very bizarre. Well, I'd be interested to hear now from a medical expert on, on the issue. Yeah. On the line now is Professor Marion Knight, who is a researcher in maternity safety and public health expert at the University of Oxford. Professor Knight, you've been researching difficulties with pregnancy and um, complications for a long time. Is this reluctance to perform cesarean sections something that you've come across before? I think the the important thing that this has highlighted is that we might introduce targets with the best intentions, but actually recognising the unintended consequences, and in this case, obviously, the the very negative consequences is really important. And that's why it is a challenge with maternity safety to recognise that the picture is very, very wide. So simply introducing a target like this is not necessarily ever going to be the best thing to, to make the system safer. 
So why is it that some women say that they've had, you know, horrendous 36-hour labours because of this rule or this culture to push forward with natural vaginal birth rather than do a cesarean section? What, what's the problem involved with that? So the biggest problem is we're thinking about applying something across a whole population Whereas actually we need to be thinking about individuals and the the women who've had these these terribly negative experiences, you know, the, the problem is that that we need to step back and actually look at every woman as an individual and treat every woman as an individual and and that's really hard. It it sounds easy, but it's actually really hard because. Most of our hospital systems are designed for what we think is a standard woman and and no woman is standard. Every woman is individual. Every woman has uh, different health problems, different cultures, different backgrounds, all of which... Uh, will impact on her, on the maternity care she needs and the birth care that she needs to to remain safe and and have a, a happy and healthy mum and baby at the end of it and actually designing our systems and and making sure that we've got the expert trained staff to deliver that individual care that women need is is not easy and perhaps not something that's been a specific focus until relatively recently do you think part of the problem also is that the woman giving, kind of average woman giving birth today is not the same as the average woman giving birth 30 years ago? Absolutely. So so from my research, that's one of the, the commonest things that I am having to say is that we know that women are giving birth at older ages now. They're more likely, because our health, you know, our health systems have been very successful. Women are more likely to be uh, reaching the stage of, of, of having children when they themselves have got health problems. Uh, and that, again, means that they need that specific care that, that is looking after them with their known health problems, you know, be it epilepsy or uh, heart disease or mental health problems. And is that that sometimes for them an elective caesarean section is the most appropriate option? There is undoubtedly groups of women for whom an elective caesarean section will be the, the safest option. Even at the time I was having my children, we didn't have the evidence about uh, the safest mode of birth for, for women with breech births. We know now that having a caesarean section if your baby is in breech and, and hasn't been able to be turned around is the safest thing for, for the baby. Do you think that's widely known? Is that widely known among kind of midwives and some maternity stuff? Or do you think there's still kind of prevailing old fashioned views that maybe are skewing things slightly? So the challenge that we have to, we, we always have to face in maternity care, and it's a difficult thing with cesarean section in particular, because we know that having a birth by cesarean section can have implications for your next birth. So we know, for example, that if you've had a cesarean section in one pregnancy. In your next pregnancy, there is an increased likelihood, although it's still a, an uncommon complication, of having a, a placenta that grows abnormally into the womb, so may then uh, get stuck and be associated with severe bleeding, which obviously can be problematic for mum and baby. So it, maternity care isn't easy because we're always trying to balance needs of both mum and baby and needs of the now versus needs of the future. But it really is important that no woman should be looked at as a default. We shouldn't be expecting any woman to have this or that type of birth. 
and plans change, things will change, situations emerge and being able to be responsive and reactive in those circumstances are are what will keep things safest for both mum and baby. And that's crucial, isn't it? Because a lot of these stories mentioned in the Ockenden report involve women who have gone for a vaginal natural birth and then kind of some part into the labour, it's become very complicated and strained. And instead of just opting for a caesarean section, the midwives and the staff have, have pushed through and kind of encouraged them to keep going with the vaginal birth. That's exactly it. So that, that's, the, that's the challenge with maternity care is that, you know, we know that most of the time everything will be straightforward and, and will go well but things can change very quickly and we do have to be aware that we might have to make those sudden changes in plans and having the facilities available and the staff available to enable those sudden changes in plans is is absolutely critical. What was quite concerning and disturbing, actually, in Shropshire was that there was this culture that was allowed to fester. The employees who were employed into the hospital were people that believed that, quote unquote, natural was best and tried to veer away from caesarean sections as much as possible. Where do you think that culture comes from? What what is it rooted in? It's interesting that one of the fields that there's been much more attention on recently is, is thinking about the human factors and, and culture is one of those important things that is, you know, is often is, is driven by, by the leaders of our, uh, of our institutions. And it can be very difficult to speak out against that, that sort of culture. I know that that, that was reflected on the, on the Panorama programme uh, yesterday. Culture can be driven by perverse incentives. And in this case, perhaps the, the caesarean section target was one of those things. But why is it that that caesareans have always been seen in a kind of negative light? I'm perhaps the wrong person to be asking because I'm not really sure. Although interestingly, reflecting personally, when so I was in exactly the situation where I had a a baby who was in breach and, and wouldn't turn round. And actually making the decision that I should have a caesarean birth, I found quite hard. I wasn't expecting that I would find that decision hard as a, as a practicing obstetrician at the time, but I did. And perhaps, you know, it's an interesting reflection on why, why should we feel as women that it, it is a failure if, if we don't have a, a vaginal birth. But perhaps a philosophical discussion that I, is a bit beyond me, it's sort of ingrained bias that women have been doing it since the beginning of time. Yeah, you know, we do have to recognise that modern childbirth care, and I'm not meaning obstetric care, it includes obviously midwifery care and the wider range of, of other health professionals that we need to ensure women are safe, does make a huge difference. And we've seen a huge decrease in, in the number of maternal deaths over the last 100 years. Uh, and baby deaths are still decreasing, but there's still a long way to go and we can still get safer. Do you think or suspect maybe that this attitude of natural is best could be found in pockets of the NHS in maternity units all over the country, not just in Shropshire? Well, Jeremy Hunt obviously reflected that, that he felt that, that it was likely that there were there were other units where there were safety concerns. I think this is undoubtedly tragedies such as those that we've seen, make us all too aware that we have to be identifying units where we need to make, continue to make improvements. Um, and I think we can still take more steps 
gaps in terms of the data we have available and the speed that we have that information to, to enable us to be looking at this. So it's not taking seven years in the case of baby Kate Stanton to, to actually get to a stage of understanding what's gone wrong. Do you think that all women should be given the right to have an elective caesarean if they so wish? I think the most important thing is that women should be able to be heard. So we need to listen to women. We need to provide women with all of the information that that they need that has to be individual. So, you know, I can't give a blanket. Everyone should be able to choose because what is safest for one woman will not be the safest for another woman. Professor Knight, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you very much. Eve, I was born by caesarean section. Were you? Yes. Oh, that explains it. And my brother. (laughs) Uh. And in fact, I was apparently the first one you, or I don't know if this is still the case, but the first one you're not recommended to have a general anaesthetic and on the second one you're allowed to. So I was, my mum had a general anaesthetic. And she just woke up and there you were. Just woke up and there I was. she was like, oh God. (laughs) Yeah. No, I've never, I've never forgiven the medical profession for. And why did she have a cesarean section? Well, I think we were the wrong way round, or we mm. wouldn't. We were upside down, or something. Mm. Something, you know, something annoying that I've clearly <laughs> repeated throughout life. Classic. But you know, it was the right thing to do, and I think maybe women worry that they're not giving their children there is this kind of vibe Mm. that natural is best and you've got to breastfeed and you've got to give some your baby organic food and if you're a middle class conscientious woman that you should be doing all these things and your child comes your child Mm. will know all about it well i was interested to hear that professor knight despite you know researching this for years and years and understanding the risks she herself when when it came to having her child and was told that maybe you should have a cesarean section it took her a while to make the decision and actually she felt deep inside that, no, I want to continue with a natural birth because for some reason it's been ingrained in us that we've got to keep pushing and pushing and, and mm. you know, it's not worth it unless it's painful. Where does that come from? Where does that... I, I'm fascinated Patriarchy. because... Oh, really? Well, I think that there is this kind Let's of... Go, excuse me. It has, how does this have anything to do with men? I think that it's to do with the culture that we live in, which for a long time has told women that pain is just part of being a woman and you have to endure it because that's what your mother did and that's what her mother did and that's oh, and just so life. women learn to prize their ability to withstand pain in life because men tell them so no well patriarchy doesn't mean that it's because men are telling you something it's because we live in a patriarchal culture i still don't get it i'm sorry it's another podcast <laughs> I mean, the thing you talk about men, but I mean, the thing that's said to me again and again is that the, it's other mothers who judge one another mm. and that women feel like somehow that they're a failure and they don't admit to other mums if they don't breastfeed and they don't admit to other mums they had a caesarean because, you know, they say they feel looked down on and whether that's the truth or mm. just their feeling. Mm. I mean, there's something to that, isn't there? Well, I was interested in the Panorama documentary. One thing that was noticed was the fact that in some of the notes from the patients that the midwives had written, it was almost like blaming the mother for leaving the child and, oh, mother wasn't engaged with the baby, when in fact that was complete lies and it was the midwife that wasn't paying attention to the mother and doing her due diligence. But, you know, the blame lies with the mother. But there is something to women resisting, as you say, Mm. any attempt to have intervention as well. And that, 
I think of another friend of mine who told me about the, the her first child and the way she describes it is that they were practically, you know, pulling her hands off the door frame, trying to get her out of the maternity unit and into the ward where they wow. performed a life-saving cesarean eventually. But she would refused. She was determined to have that whale song birthing mm. pool fandango to the point where she was losing lots and lots of blood and she talks about it as as this kind of madness that she was obsessed with the idea that it had to be natural i'm not sure where that comes from but i do know that there's it's not the only i mean i've heard things like that elsewhere yeah i think it's probably rooted in maternal guilt that most mothers feel like they're bringing this baby into the world and they must do absolutely everything possible to make sure they have the best start in life and logically you would think the best start in life would be something that doesn't involve an operation. Which isn't the case. No, exactly. (laughs) That's all we've got time for today. Uh, You can find all the latest health news in this weekend's The Mail on Sunday and visit mailplus.co.uk forward slash subscribe to get access to the podcasts, opinion pieces, pictures, songs, everything you could possibly want from a website. Oh, and follow us on Twitter by searching at mail plus we'll be back with another topic on medical minefield next week see you then goodbye